You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast, and I'm your host, Julie Jancis. I have the gift of connecting with your angels and loved ones on the other side. The intention of every podcast episode and every service that I offer is to help you heal, to help you raise your vibration, and to give you the tools you need to help others. Why? Because when you take responsibility for your own healing and your own joy, and you use what you've learned to serve others, you're helping to shift the vibration on earth to a place of more peace. And isn't that what it's all about? If you feel called to work with me, we have many services available to you. We offer a new online e-course with a new topic every month. These help you dive deeper on your spiritual journey. We also offer an Angel Reiki certification training program. We call it the Angel School. It's held every other month in person and twice a year online. Here, you'll become a certified Angel Reiki master teacher and develop your spiritual gifts. Twice a month, we offer a live online group Reiki healing session. You just call into a webinar number and listen as I guide you through a healing session with the angels. You can also book a one-on-one angel message reading with me. You help keep this podcast going, friends, when you book one or more of these services on my website, www.jancis.com. That's my last name, dot com. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast to hear all about the freebies we offer as well and how you can win a free session. Hello, friends. Today we have a brand new angel story from a book by Joan Wester Anderson. I am so very grateful to the publisher of this book, Loyola Press in Chicago, Illinois, who's kindly given us permission to share this story from her book. In the show notes, you'll find a link to buy Joan's book on Amazon and a link to the publishing house. Speaking of publishing angel stories, we're putting together a book of your angel stories to present to a publisher. If you have an angel story that you'd like to share, whether it's a person on earth who came out of nowhere to help you in your time of need, or a presence that you felt from beyond, or your angels on the other side sending you signs that they're at peace and helping you from heaven, or even an animal angel story, we'd love to share your stories because they inspire hope, faith, and more peace in this world. Please write out those stories in as much detail as possible and email them to me at juliejancis at gmail.com. Friends, for those of you who don't know, Joan Wester Anderson is an author who wrote several books, compilations of different angel stories from people like you. She also lived in a town in Illinois where I went to high school. And for those of you who don't know who Joan is, she was an author to begin with, but she had a very profound story involving an angel, and that is what led her to begin her work with angels. What I'm reading today is Joan's angel story from her book, Where Angels Walk, True Stories of Heavenly Visitors. This story is called The Beginning. 
It was just past midnight on December 24, 1983. The Midwest was shivering through a record-breaking cold spell, complete with gale-force winds and frozen water pipes. And although our suburban Chicago household was filled with the snug sounds of a family at rest, I couldn't be part of them. Not until our 21-year-old son pulled into the driveway. At that moment, Tim and his two roommates were driving home for Christmas, their first trip back since they had moved east last May. Don't worry, Mom, Tim reassured me over the phone last night. We're going to leave before dawn tomorrow and drive straight through. We'll be fine. Kids, they do insane things. Under normal circumstances, I figured a Connecticut to Illinois trek ought to take about 18 hours. But the weather had turned so dangerously cold that radio reports warned against venturing outdoors even for a few moments. And we had heard nothing from the travelers. Distressed, I pictured them on a desolate road. What if they ran into car problems or lost their way? And if they had been delayed, why hadn't Tim phoned? Restlessly, I paced and prayed in the familiar shorthand all mothers know. God, send someone to help them. By now, as I later learned, the trio had stopped briefly in Fort Wayne, Indiana to deposit Don at his family home. Common sense suggested that Tim and Jim stay the rest of the night and resume their trek in the morning. But when does common sense prevail with the invincible young adults? There were only four driving hours left to reach home. And although it was the coldest night in Midwest history and the highways were snowy and deserted, the two had started out again. They had been traveling only a few miles on rural access roads to the Indiana Tollway when they noticed that their car's engine seemed sluggish, lurking erratically and dying to 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tim glanced uneasily at Jim. Do not, the radio announcer said, repeat, do not venture outside tonight, friends. There is a record windshield of 80 below zero, which means that exposed skin will freeze in less than a minute. The car surged suddenly, then coughed and slowed again. Tim, Jim spoke in the darkness. We're not going to stall here, are we? We can't, Tim answered grimly as he pumped the accelerator. We'd die for sure. But instead of picking up speed, the engine sputtered, chugging and slowing again. About a mile later, at the top of a small incline, the car crawled to a frozen stop. Horrified, Tim and Jim looked at each other in the darkened interior. They could see across the fields in every direction, but incredibly, theirs was the only vehicle in view. For the first time, they faced the fact that they were in enormous danger. There was no traffic, no refuge ahead, not even a farmhouse light blinking in the distance. It was as if they had landed on an alien, snow-covered planet. And the appalling, unbelievable cold. Never in Tim's life had he experienced something so intense. They couldn't run for help. He knew that now for sure. He and Jim were young and strong, but even if shelter was only a short distance away, they couldn't survive. The temperature would kill them in a matter of minutes. 
Someone will come along soon, Jim muttered, looking in every direction. They're bound to. I don't think so, Tim said. You heard the radio. Everyone in the world is inside tonight, except us. Then what are we going to do? I don't know. Tim tried starting the engine again, but the ignition key clicked hopelessly in the silence. Bone-chilling cold had penetrated the car's interior, and his feet were already growing numb. Well, God, he prayed, echoing in my own distant plea, you're the only one who can help us now. It seemed impossible to stay awake much longer. Then, as if they had already slipped into a dream, they saw headlights flashing at the car's left rear. But that was impossible, for they had seen no twin prick of light in the distance, no hopeful approach. Where had that vehicle come from? Had they already died? But no, for miraculously someone was knocking on the driver's side window. Need to be pulled? In disbelief, they heard the muffled shout. But it was true. Their rescuer was driving a tow truck. Yes, oh yes, thanks. Quickly the two conferred as the quickly the two conferred as the driver, saying nothing more, drove around to the front of the car and attached chains. If there were no garages open at this hour, they would ask him to take them back to Don's house where they could spend the rest of the night. Swathed almost completely in a fur parka hood, a scarf up to his eyes, the driver nodded at their request but said nothing more. He was calm, they noted, as he climbed into his truck, seemingly unconcerned about the life-threatening circumstances in which he had found them. Strange that he's not curious about us, Tim mused, and isn't even explaining where he came from or how he managed to approach us without seeing him. And had there been lettering on the side of his truck, Tim hadn't noticed any. He's going to give us a big bill. On a night like this, I'll have to borrow some money from Don or his dad. But Tim was exhausted from the ordeal and gradually, as he leaned against the seat, his thoughts slipped away. They passed two lock service stations, stopped to alert Don from a payphone, and were soon being towed back through the familiar Fort Wayne neighborhood. Hushed Christmas lights long since extinguished and families asleep. Don's still seemed the most welcoming street they had ever been on. The driver maneuvered carefully around the cul-de-sac and pulled up front of Don's house. Numb with cold, Tim and Jim raced to the side door where Don was waiting. Then they tumbled into the blessedly warm kitchen, safe at last. Don slammed the door against the icy blast. Hey, what happened? He began, but Tim interrupted. The tow truck driver, Don, I have to pay him. I need to borrow. Wait a minute, Don frowned, looking past his friends through the window. I don't see any tow truck out there. Tim and Jim turned around. There, parked alone at the curb, was Tim's car. There had been no sound in the crystal clear night of its release from the chains. No door slam, no chug of an engine pulling away. There had been no bill for Tim to pay, no receipt to sign, no farewell or thank you or Merry Christmas. Stunned, Tim raced back down to the driveway to the curb, but there was no taillights disappearing into the distance. No engine noise echoing through the silent streets. Nothing at all to mark the tow truck's presence.
Then Tim saw the tire tracks traced in the wind-blown snowdrift, but there was only one set of marks ringing the cul-de-sac curve, and they belonged to Tim's car. When Christmas carols fill the air and our worries regress into temporary whirl of holiday nostalgia, everyone believes in angels. It's harder to accept the likelihood that the multitude of heavenly hosts on that long-ago Bethlehem hillside has relevance in our lives, too. That God's promise to send His angels to protect and rescue each of His children is a faithful pact continuing for all eternity, throughout every season of the year. Now, my friends, this was written in 1992, but Joan continues, Angels don't get much attention today. If the spirit world is acknowledged at all, it's usually the dark side. The bizarre cults that are wreaking so much havoc, especially among our youth. Yet there is evidence that good spirits are also at work here on earth, combating evil, bringing good news, warning us of danger, consoling us in our suffering, then vanishing just as the angels did on that first Christmas night. Angels don't submit to litmus tests, testify in court, or slide under a microscope for examination. Thus, their existence cannot be proved by the guidelines we humans usually use. To no one, perhaps, requires a willingness to suspend judgment, to open ourselves to possibilities we've only dreamed about. The best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched, Helen Keller said. They must be felt with our hearts. What is an angel? Our family will never know for sure. But on Christmas Eve in 1983, I heard the whisper of wings as a tow truck driver answered a heavenly summons and brought our son home safely. A big thanks again to author Joan Wester Anderson and Loyola Press for allowing us to share this angel story from her book. View the show notes for a link to all of Joan's angel books on Amazon. Beautiful souls, we have so many freebies to help serve you, your family, and friends. Want a weekly message from your angels emailed to you? Sign up on my website to receive a weekly message of love, hope, and healing from the angels. Do you have a prayer request? Go to the homepage of my website and submit your prayer request so that our team of prayer warriors can be praying for you daily. Want to learn more about the angels and energy healing? Subscribe to my YouTube channel called Julie Jancis to learn more about the angels, energy healing techniques, and so much more. One of the biggest things we hear from our listeners is that they have no one to talk to about their spiritual awakening. We created a private Facebook group called the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe so that you could connect with others like you and know that you're not alone. So be sure to join this group on Facebook to get the support you need. Want a free session? We plan to give away over 240 free sessions with students in the Angel School per year. To win a free session, subscribe and rate this podcast five stars. Then write a positive review and email us a screenshot. 
That way, we know who to contact when you win. Want to share your uplifting angel story on the podcast? Because we love sharing them. Please write down your angel story and email it to us. Don't forget, be an angel and share this podcast with someone who needs it. See you back here next time for another episode of the Angels and Awakening podcast.